another episode of main character energy i am actually currently sitting in a hotel room in manassas virginia getting ready for the miss virginia usa competition um i love pageantry and i have been competing for eight years now i competed in my first pageant on april 12th so almost eight years to the day um and i've learned a lot of things about myself And there are a lot of things that I really love about pageantry. And there are also a lot of things that I've learned that I don't totally love about pageantry, just with anything, you know, there are negatives and positives of everything that we do in life. And one of the things that I noticed very early on is that it takes really strong mental health in order to compete in a pageant. Um, for obvious reasons. I mean, you if you struggle with you know body image, actually pageants can be really helpful with body image. I actually feel like I struggled with it more before I competed. There's something so empowering about getting on stage in a swimsuit and heels and saying, you know what? I love how I feel and how I look and I'm excited to show you that. However, it took me a long time to get to that point of genuinely feeling that way. There were definitely a couple pageants when I first started out where I was like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable and I low-key kind of hate this. And my anxiety was telling me, you know, this is scary. We don't want to do it. My depression was telling me, you know, bed is much safer. Let's stay at home in bed. Like, let's just stay there. And then my OCD is telling me, you know, you can still fix, you've got this like fat on your thighs. You can fix that. And, you know, your hair's out of place and a million things. And honestly, as much as pageantry challenged all of those like struggles, I guess we'll call them. It was a good thing that it challenged that because had I have stayed in my comfort zone and given into my depression, my anxiety, my OCD, and listened to all of those thoughts, I probably wouldn't have done half of the things that I've been able to accomplish in the last eight years. Um, So pageantry can be a really beautiful thing and it can be honestly really great for your mental health, but you have to be ready for it. You have to be ready to put in the work. And there are definitely, you know, still some changes. I think all of the women competing in pageantry, you know, see that there could be made, Um, especially after, and I'm really going to try not to cry again, especially after losing Chesley. I think that that was a, an awakening. Um, We all knew that there were things we'd like to see changed, but it's, it's hard to do the work and to advocate for that change. It's sometimes easier just to go on with how things are. Um, But after losing Chesley, I think it was all very quickly, you know, apparent to all of us that something needed to change. Um, And, you know, what is that? What What does that change look like? Like what I, this is difficult, not only for the contestants, but for the judges and for the directors and the sponsors. Like this is something that really hit all of us And I think it's taken a couple months for us all to take some time to, one, mourn together, but two, decide what does pageantry look like moving forward and how are we supporting not only the contestants that are competing, but the girls that win? Because yes, training and competing in a pageant is is hard work. It's a lot. 
it really, like I said, it takes a really strong mental state to be able to go through what you're asking of your body and of yourself when it comes to months of prep for one weekend. And then at the end of the weekend, 90%, more than that, 99% of the girls competing don't win. And that's hard. How do you cope after losing something that you've been working so hard for so long for? So I'm interested to see moving forward, you know, what, what the pageant community is going to do to not only support the girls that lose and, you know, go back to their day-to-day life, but also things don't necessarily get easier for the winner. I've, you know, been on that side of winning, you know, the local crown or whatever. And then the girls that you competed with that were your friends the weekend of are going through their own struggle. And often that gets taken out on the girl that won instead of acknowledging that the girl that won may have been, you know, just the best in the judge's eyes. And it's any given girl in any given day. A lot of times the girls that don't walk away with the crown, you know, feel really poorly about it obviously for good reason it's stressful and nobody likes losing Um, but sometimes it turns into anonymous hate on the internet Um, about five years ago following a state competition that I didn't even win I simply I placed in the top five I won a couple awards during the pageant I was very proud of my performance but I didn't walk away with the crown Um, and afterwards even not walking away with the crown I received so much hate, anonymous hate on the internet. That absolutely crushed me. It broke me. I remember coming home from work one day and I had gotten screenshots while I was working of these messages that were being sent into this message board regarding me and talking about how terrible of a person I was and how hateful I am and how I wasn't deserving to even be on the stage, let alone be in the top five. And for those of you that have listened to this podcast or know me personally, I hope you know that that's not me. I I never want to make anyone feel lesser than. I I never, the idea of someone thinking that I'm a hateful person really just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, I might have a bad day and you might get, you know, a short reply from me where I'm like, hey, don't have time for this right now. But like, I don't ever want anyone, I don't want to ever make anyone feel lesser than or feel like they're not deserving, or feel like I don't support them, even if I don't know you or if I don't agree with you. I think everybody deserves to be here on this planet, at this pageant. Like, We are all striving for our own goals, and sometimes those goals look the same. And it's easy to look at the other girl going for the same thing you're going for and start to pick her apart. And that's something that, yeah, I I did that when I first started competing in pageantry, and it is exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's not fun and it's not fair to the other girls. Um, So I just, I think a big part of it is just changing the narrative. And that's something that I've been trying to do in my prep is to be honest about who I am going into the pageant. Because at that point, like, it's kind of hard to pick someone apart when they're just 100% themselves. And if you are picking me apart for being who I am, then you and I just aren't people that need to be in each other's lives. And that's okay. Not everybody's meant to be best friends. Not everybody's meant to hold your hand and walk down the aisle with you on your wedding day. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but anyway, I just, I have lots of thoughts about this topic and I wanted to save it until after the pageant weekend because um, I've been continuing to develop these thoughts 
And on top of that, I've spent some time over the past couple months training other pageant competitors for another pageant. So completely separate from the one I'm about to compete in. This is a completely different thing. Um, And in that process, I was able to take some time with a couple of the contestants and just have a conversation with them about mental health, about what it means to them, about, you know, changes they would like to see in pageantry when it comes to mental health, about, you know, advice they would give a friend that's struggling or something they do to help themselves when they're struggling. So I have a couple clips that I'm going to play for you all and then a couple like notes and comments that I'm going to make after the clips. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode. But I'm hoping you all are really going to enjoy it. So stay tuned, follow along, and let me know what you think. And I love you all. Okay, so how do you think pageantry affects mental health? And what changes do you think could be made? Okay, well, first of all, hi. I'm Kendall Neal, and I'm competing for Miss Frederick. I'm 22, and I've been in the Miss America organization for several years now. I think since I'm since I've been 16. And there are a lot of changes that I would love to see um, in order to kind of help pageant queens with their mental health and a lot of ways that pageants have affected my mental health over the, over the years. Um, it's very challenging. There's a lot of pressure and I think the biggest thing or the biggest change that I would like to see is a break in all of this pressure to be perfect, to be this angel because that is not what pageant girls are we're human we make mistakes we have bad days we have off days it is challenging to be consistently on and to be consistently serving those around you so i wish that there was more of a conversation around making sure that pageant queens are in a healthy mindset as well because when we go to these appearances and we step out on stage we're expected to be at our best but the moral of the story is that behind the smile we're not always at our best and i know i certainly was not at my best in the past. So um, I'd really like to see that change. And that's something that I hope I could advocate for if I was lucky enough to take home the crown. (laughs) All right. So that was Miss Kendall Neal. And we are going to hear from her again. Um, But one, I want to say congrats to her because she actually ended up winning the pageant um, well, she won one of the titles. They were giving two titles at that pageant, and she won uh, Miss Central Maryland for the Miss America organization. So shout out, Kendall. Congrats. I'm so proud of you. Um, but I love that she brought up this like pressure to be perfect. I think it's something that you know not only affects girls that compete in pageantry, but just affects like it affects all of us. It affects people in general. I think we all kind of feel this this overwhelming and underlying fear of like needing to be perfect and to show this version of ourselves to the rest of the world that is somewhat flawless and that's just like not realistic like at all um I think part of that comes with social media and the concept of like us sharing this highlight reel of our life and only showing the good moments um which is great I mean you want to share the good moments and those tend to be the times that we have our phones out and we want to, you know, commemorate and take photos and that makes sense. But we also at some point have to take a step back and acknowledge that like things aren't always perfect, even if it looks like it online. Um, And I think with pageantry specifically, I know I struggled with it quite a bit in the Miss America organization. I felt like I, I was always trying to be something I wasn't in order to fit this this look, this vibe that they were going for. And it's not that there was anything wrong with the look, vibe, personality, whatever you want to call it, that, that they were looking for. There wasn't anything wrong with it. It just wasn't me. 
And I tried so desperately to fit into that mold of who they were looking for because I wanted to win. I wanted to prove to myself that I could be successful. But what it came down to was just that wasn't that I was unsuccessful. I just wasn't who they were looking for. Like sometimes when you're applying for a job, it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that the job's not a good fit for you. Or same when you're like dating someone, just because a relationship doesn't work out, you know, it doesn't mean that it had anything to do with you or that there's something wrong with you. Sometimes it's just that that thing wasn't meant for you. Um, And it took me a while to realize that like Miss America wasn't meant for me. Like that wasn't at least the Miss America that I competed in. Again, I loved it. I earned so much scholarship from competing in the Miss America system. I have, you know, nothing but great things to say about it. I made some of my best friends from that organization. But it took me five years in competing to realize that I didn't fit the mold they were looking for. And no matter how hard I tried, I wasn't going to be that person. And the only thing I could do is to just accept that and move on and find somewhere that I fit in better. Um, And I think that's a really hard lesson to learn. It's something that took me way longer than I wish it would have. But, you know, we all move at our own pace. Um, So I just, I love that that's what, you know, Kendall brought up is like this, this pressure to be perfect and wanting to see a change in that and wanting in the pageant industry there to be more of an acceptance um, around women that are just themselves, that don't need to do, you know, like, I, I love that I can get on social media without my makeup on and feel comfortable now. That's not something I ever would have done before. And I don't think that's something we see from many title holders. I think a lot of times when girls win and go um, go on to, like, represent their local title or their state or whatever it is, they tend to put on this face before an appearance, whether it's an online appearance or an in-person appearance. They tend to put on this face. Um, and they kind of, you know, put the shiny hat on and then they they snap into this other role. And I think that that is causing this disconnect. Um, And that's where that pressure to become perfect really comes in is because for years, we've felt like we had to be perfect. And that was the only option. Um, So I don't know, there are lots of things I could literally ramble about this for hours. This is something I'm very passionate about. And I love that Kendall brought it up and noted that as something that she wants to see, you know, change in the pageant industry. And luckily for us, I think it is changing. I really genuinely feel like we are moving in the right direction with all of the organizations, not, you know, just Miss America. I think they're moving in the right direction. I think USA is moving in the right direction. I'm not as tuned into some of the other organizations, but I think in general, pageantry is moving forward in a good way. So I'm very excited to see what is to come. But let's go back to Kendall. What advice would I have? Would I give to someone who's struggling with mental health? I think, as cliche as this is going to sound, it is totally okay to not be okay. I think the biggest thing that I've learned through going to therapy over the last two years is to have compassion for myself in the moments when I am about to lose it. The best thing that you can do for yourself is breathe through those negative moments and allow them to happen because the more you try and push it away, the worse it gets. Breathe through those moments, have compassion for yourself, understand that you are doing your best to get through it, and don't be afraid to ask for help because I avoided asking for help for such a long time, and now that I finally have, I would not go back. God, Ken is just the best. Like, I'm so glad she was willing to do this because I think she brings up another great point here. I I have struggled with, I know Kendall would probably say the same, um, and I'm sure many people would, but 
I've struggled for a while with understanding that like happiness is fleeting, just like any other emotion or feeling. Um, and you know, we let happiness and we let the good emotions kind of wave over us because we invite them. But when those negative emotions, those negative feelings start to come up, we tend to try and avoid them altogether instead of just allowing our body to like feel what it needs to feel, let it wash over us and then continue on. Like let that wave hit us and then keep going. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, I've really struggled with that I'm trying to work on. Like I'm trying to allow myself to feel the things that I need to feel because that's how our body regulates. Um, and if we push those feelings down and just try to avoid them altogether, we're actually doing far more damage than if we would simply just allow ourselves to feel what we need to feel and then let it go and move on. So I love that she mentions that. I also love that she mentioned, you know, reaching out for help. I know that's so scary. I know it's scary. Um, but I want to remind everyone that reaching out for help doesn't have to be scary. There are people in your life, whether you realize it or not, that love you so much, so unconditionally and are wanting to help you, but you have to be the one to ask first. Um, so don't feel like it has to be this big, scary thing. I know when I was first really starting to accept the fact that I was struggling. I was terrified to ask my parents for help. I was terrified to go back to therapy. Um, and honestly, the second I got over that fear of having that conversation, I was so anxious simply to tell my parents that I was having a tough time. Like that was causing me more of a problem than what I was already dealing with. Um, but just being able to have that conversation, get it off my chest and like take that next step forward, we just took such a load off of my chest. Like it was just such a weight off my chest. I felt like I could breathe again, even though nothing changed, nothing was necessarily better. It just was nice to be able to be like, okay, I don't have to carry this alone. Um, I have support. I have people that care and that love me and that aren't going to leave me because, you know, I'm struggling or whatever. So my advice there is, you know, find the right, it's all about, you know, people, place, and, um, timing. So like, make sure you're talking to the right people, people that you trust, people that make you feel secure, that make you feel loved. Um, make sure it's the right time. There's, you know, the appropriate times to have those conversations, like probably in a public place might not be the best time to be like, hi, I struggle with suicidal thoughts. Cause I've done that. (laughs) Shout out to my friends that were on the other end of that conversation. I literally was at a winery, like we were at some sort of like wine event thing. And I was like, yeah, so, um, I like considered killing myself and they were like, oh my God. Um, so anyway, don't do that. Don't do what I did. Like make sure it's the right place and make sure it's the right time. Like make sure you're having these conversations, the right time, the right place with the right people. And if you're not comfortable talking to anybody that's close enough to you, like maybe you're really struggling with certain things in your life and you don't want the input of the people closest to you. Cause I understand that too. Sometimes that's too much. Go find a therapist, find a counselor, find a therapist, you know, that is the best option if you're looking for an actual long-term, I don't want to say solution, but approach to managing mental health is to find a therapist and find a counselor that you like and that you trust. And I've been in active therapy for almost two years now and I adore my therapist. He has helped me so much, um, more so than I ever thought one I needed (laughs) or two was something that anybody could give me. I didn't think I could get to where I am today and I'm nowhere near done, but I'm definitely miles ahead of where I was. And I, I'm, I'm very proud of myself and anybody listening to this that has taken that step to go into therapy and counseling and stuck with it. Cause unfortunately it's not something that like, you know, after two or three months, it's not like you're fixed. 
you really have to keep going. Um, just like you keep going to the doctors to get checkups, like you kind of have to keep going and managing your mental health. You can't just, you know, do it for a couple weeks and then expect everything's going to be okay. So reach out for help. If you need suggestion of where to find a therapist or a counselor, please DM me. But I love what Kendall said here. I think it's amazing. I think we have Jess next. Hi, my name is Jess Bayuk, and I am a Master's of Education in School Counseling candidate and also competing for the titles of Miss Frederick and Miss Central Maryland of 2022. What I would say to a friend struggling with mental health, it's actually pretty interesting because I work with all students, so I work with children K through 12, and although I, I do have friends who struggle with mental health, I'm going to answer this in terms of a student. and. When you're actually trained as a mental health professional, you actually don't give advice. So the best help that you can give someone is to be a mirror reflection of them. So anything that they share with you, you listen, you absorb it, and you repeat it back to them and you reflect their emotion, you reflect the meaning of what they're saying to help them recognize what they need to do. Because the honestly, the last thing you wanna to do to someone is to tell them what to do because how you perceive a situation is very different than how they perceive it and every person needs someone that's gonna listen. So I would be a listening ear to my friends, I'm a listening ear to my students, and I make sure that they feel supported going into the next step, whatever that is. All right, so that was Miss Jess Bayuk, who I also have to give a shout out to because she won the title of Miss Frederick. Um, so I just, I, I, th- I thought it was so interesting that the two girls, because I opened this up to all of the girls competing. I didn't select specific girls. I just was like, hey guys, I have this podcast. If you're interested in being on an episode, here are some of the questions that like, you know, you guys can answer. It'll be a quick snippet and then I'll put it in an episode in a couple of weeks, whatever. And the two girls that were like, you know, going out of their way to say, hey, we want to do this were actually the two girls that ended up winning. And I just thought that was so interesting. Um, but Congratulations, Jess. We are so excited for you. So proud of you. And I'm so happy that you are a part of the Miss Frederick Sisterhood. Um, but I love that Jess mentioned that because I did not know this. And we had a whole conversation about it afterwards. I did not know that in therapy or counseling that the therapist or counselor isn't supposed to give you advice. And like it took me to like a second to really think about it. And I don't think at any point, at least my current therapist, I don't think he's ever given me advice or told me what to do. He's never been like, you should do this. However, he has done exactly what she said, where he will reiterate things, regurgitate, whatever you want to call it. He will act as a bit of a mirror and he will show me what I'm showing him in a way that I can better understand my current situation, my current emotions, my current feelings that type of thing. And he will challenge me. It's not just, okay, this is what you're giving me. I'm going to give it right back. He will, you know, he'll give it back sometimes in a positive light and say, okay, so this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm like understanding from what you're explaining. And he'll reiterate it to me and give me time to digest. And then occasionally, you know, it won't be, hey, you know, this is what I'm hearing and you're doing great or whatever have you. It'll be, hey, this is what I'm hearing. And, you know, please correct me if you feel differently. But if I'm understanding it correctly, you know, this is how you might be approaching this situation. And I just, I want you to take a second to think about, you know, if you were to do this again, if you were to be in that same situation again, would you handle it differently? He more so puts it on me sometimes. And there was even a more, you know, recent situation that I was talking to my therapist about, and I had to have a very hard conversation with someone that I love very much. 
And this conversation was taking place in a time that might not have been the most appropriate. Um, we were both very tired um, and it was like late at night and, <clears throat> you know, that's not always the best time to have a heavy conversation. So I talked to him about it in therapy and he was like, you know what, if you had to go back and do it again, would you do it when you did it still? And for this situation, I honestly said, yes, I was like, you know, I would, but it's something that I've started to take note of in my own therapy journey. Um, recognizing that Jamal, you know, isn't there to give me advice. He's not there to tell me what to do. Nobody can tell you what to do. Your journey is different. And I love that Jess mentioned that as well. Um, your journey's different. Like everybody handles things differently. What works for one person's not going to work for someone else. So giving advice doesn't really do anything but put added pressure on the person that's experiencing, you know, whatever it is that they're experiencing. Someone may have gone through something similar and may have found a way out of it for themselves, but what they did might not work for us. It might not work for you. It might not work for me. Um, so I think just acting as that mirror and giving people a better opportunity to digest what they're experiencing is a much better way to go about that. So I've been trying to do that for my friends that are going through stuff um, and like moving forward instead of like giving my friends advice and telling them what to do. I'm just trying to like be there, listen to them and kind of act as more of a mirror and give them time to like see what they're experiencing from a different perspective maybe and then make a better decision. They might have a better opportunity to see, you know, a little clearer and make a better decision for themselves and not have someone make the decisions for them. So I love that. I think that that's amazing. And I think we have another question with Jess. So we're going to go ahead and move on to that one. Mental health to me is how you go about each and every day. Every person has their own background. Every person has their own struggles. So what it means is that how you approach each and every day. So whether that means that you're having a tough day and you're approaching it in a happy way, whether you have anxiety, for example, I have anxiety, I struggle with depression. So knowing that those are characteristics that I have and struggles that I have and making sure that I accommodate for those things. So I see a therapist every week and I'm also a therapist. So therapists need therapy, but I, I think mental health to each person is very different and it's a very personal thing and it just needs to be more widely accepted therapists need therapy. I mean, Jess says it right there. Even the, you know, quote unquote mental health professionals need mental health support. So why don't you think you need mental health support? Oh, oh, did I, did I get you? Did I catch you off guard there? Did I call you out there a little bit? Like, come on guys, if you are not in therapy or counseling right now, like, what are you doing to help yourself? What are you doing to better yourself? Like, I love it if you're getting up and going to the gym every day. I love it if you're waking up and you're working your ass off at work. But the best thing you can do to invest in yourself is to go to therapy. Invest the time, invest the money. And honestly, if you have insurance, I will preface that. Like, I'm sure therapy is far more expensive and much harder to get if you don't have insurance. So if that is, you know, an issue you're dealing with, I am so sorry. And I get that that's hard. But if you have insurance, like I have Cigna, I don't pay or I pay very little, I should say. I pay very little for my therapy. So like do what you can, use the resources you have. If you have a job that offers insurance, figure out what you get through your plan and go to therapy, get therapy, get counseling. And if you're not ready to go every week, go every other week, go once a month, but do something. We all have experienced so much just in the past two years alone. We have shit to unpack. We have shit to work through. And on top of that, what about the years prior to? 
Life didn't just start getting hard when the pandemic hit. It's gotten harder for a lot of us. But we all experienced things earlier in our lives, in our childhood, in our teenage years that we need to work through in order to progress and become the best version of ourselves and achieve the goals we want to achieve and do all the things we want to do. You have to go to therapy and counseling in order to get there, in order to become that person. That's all I have to say about this one. I'm going to leave that there. I think that is, that's what I needed you to hear from that. Hi, my name is Kalia Espinlob. I go to St. John's Catholic Prep. What I would do to pull someone, myself, out of a bad mental space is honestly take a deep breath. My counselors always told me deep breath in four, um, seven breaths out. So you go one, two, three, four in and seven out. It just helps um, slow down your heart rate and everything and kind of calm you down. Even when I am in like a really stressful situation, I have time, I'll paint something. It helps me just relax and take time for myself to focus on what I need to and get over with what I'm struggling with. My girl Kalia. I, I adore this young woman. So Kalia, again, I got to give a shout out. She was our first runner up for the teen title and it was only her second pageant ever. So like that is huge, y'all. You don't even understand, especially the Miss Frederick pageant. Like that is a very competitive pageant. There were lots of really phenomenal, you know, young women competing this year. And I'm so proud of her for placing first runner up. That's incredible. Um, I actually was blessed to be paired with her. She was one of the girls I was like, coaching or I guess assisting through the process of prepping for Miss Frederick and her and I like very quickly became quite close because we bonded over the fact that we both struggle with mental health Um, and I love that I was able to be there and like offer that support for her because you know I hope she won't mind me sharing this but she she had a little bit of anxiety she was experiencing prior to the pageant as anybody would Um, I know I get anxious before a pageant. I get anxious before I walk into the grocery store. I get anxious before literally everything I do. Um, so I get it, but I had always told her, you know, while we were prepping, I said, if at any point you need a break, I didn't, you know, put it on her and say, you know, if you start to freak out or if you're having a panic attack, I just was like, Hey, if at any point you need to take a break, if you need a second, just come grab me and say, you need to go on a walk. And we'll go take a walk because I get this can be stressful, especially when you're, you know, around so many women and you're breathing in hairspray all day and you're under fluorescent lights or stage lights for that matter. And there are, you know, big poofy dresses everywhere. Like it's, it's a lot sometimes. It's just too much and it's okay. Ooh, there goes my voice. It's okay to admit that it's too much and take a break when you need it. So she came up to me um, after lunch on the day of the pageant and was like, Hey, can, can we go take a walk? I was like, absolutely we can. So I grabbed her and we went and we walked out of the building. We got some fresh air. She took some of her deep breaths with me. We did the five, four, three, two, one, um, practice and it really helped her. And in less than, you know, four or five minutes, she went from, you know, really feeling like she was not in a good place and that she wasn't safe to like feeling better. And she was like ready to go back in and she was ready to go practice her talent again and get back on stage. And I won want to applaud her for coming to me and admitting that she she needed to take a break because that's hard. That's really hard to do. I even in situations will still just try to push through it and tell myself that I'm okay. But sometimes pushing through it is more damaging than simply stepping away for a minute. So I want to applaud her for, for admitting. And two, I feel just so grateful that she felt safe and comfortable with me to tell me that and to allow me to be with her in that, like that moment um, and share that experience with her. And 
Um, I'm just like, I, I love that. I like, that is who I want to be for anybody listening to this show. If you ever just, if you need a break and you need somebody to take a break with, I'm your gal. Let me know. Give me a call. Shoot me a DM. I got you. Cause I think we all need a break. And I realized when I was listening back to her recording, cause we recorded these weeks ago. Um, I didn't have you guys take any deep breaths with me today. And I truly do believe that just regulating your breathing is so beneficial just for your day-to-day life um, and mental health. And I want to, you know, make sure that we keep that routine going on this show. So before we wrap up the show, we're going to take a couple deep breaths and we're going to do it the Kalia way. So you're going to take like, you know, four seconds, breathe in, seven seconds out. Wow, that was nice. Um, so, you know, take a couple more of those breaths if you need them. Keep doing the, you know, four seconds in, seven seconds out. Do three or four of them. But uh, we're coming to the end of the episode, and I know you guys are probably wondering what happened with the pageant because this episode has been all over the place. The intro was recorded before the pageant. The <laughs> interviews with the contestants was recorded, you know, three weeks ago before their pageant. Um and this is being recorded about a week after my pageant. So we are all over the place this episode. I'm sorry if you are confused. Um, but I did want to let you all know that I, you know, competed for Miss Virginia. I did not win, which is sad, but you know, it happens. Not everybody can win. There's only one winner. However, I absolutely adore the girl that won. I love her. I think she's so sweet. I think she's going to do absolutely a phenomenal job as Miss Virginia, as well as, as like as a competitor at Miss USA. I think she's going to crush it. I'm so excited to cheer her on. Um, I placed in the top 12, which was very exciting. That was my goal. I just wanted to make sure that all my people got to see me compete on stage because most of my friends could only make it to finale. Um, not everybody could make it to prelims. So my goal was just simply to be on stage competing uh, for finale. And I did that, and I'm very, very proud in my like proud of my performance. I loved my wardrobe this year. I loved that I got to wear like my favorite color for swimsuit, and it got to be a one piece. And I loved my evening gown, and I absolutely loved my opening number outfit. If you didn't see it, go check out my Instagram because, like, guys, I'm not kidding you. This wardrobe was chef's kiss. I am tooting my own horn here because I worked my ass off and I paid a lot of money for that wardrobe. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just be really proud of it. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been a week of relaxation for me. I took a break from the podcast. I took a break, a little bit of a break from social media for a couple days at least. Um, and I've had a lot going on in my personal life that we might at some point talk about on the show, but I think it's still a little too fresh and raw for me to talk about. Um, But I did want to let you guys know that, you know, the pageant is over and done with. I get to take a little bit of a break from pageant stuff for now. Um, And I am just really proud of my performance. And I want to say thank you to everyone that has continued to support me over the past year, like eight years while I've been competing. Um, And that supported me, you know, as I was training for Miss Virginia. So thank you all so much. I hope this episode wasn't too confusing. I hope you all enjoyed it because I kind of would like to do some more episodes like this where I have like little snippets from people um, instead of just like long interviews. So I don't know, I'm kind of playing around and trying a couple new things for season two that'll give me a better idea of what season three is going to look like. But I love you all. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Um, and take some deep breaths. You got this. (laughs) 